This podcast was adapted from a live radio broadcast originally aired on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. Today I'm joined in the studio by Amanjot. Amanjot, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Amanjot. I'm a student at UW-Madison. I study political science and legal studies, and I do a lot of civic engagement work on campus. Um, I work for Badger's Vote. I've also worked for um, Chipko Vote, or like been part of that student organization, and I'm the president of the Student Voters Union, which is a new student org on campus that's related to voting rights and civic engagement work with like a student grassroots focus. Yeah, so let's start a little bit more broadly. What do the organizations that you work with do? All of the organizations that I work with do different types of civic engagement. Um, Most of the time, it's student or youth-focused civic engagement. So a lot of the work that I do is getting students on campus to be registered to vote, aware of what elections are coming up, uh, recognizing like their voting rights and how the voting process works, and also mobilizing students to actually engage in elections and civic engagement as a whole. So that can include things like civic civic education workshops, but it can also include things like get out the vote events and a lot of partnering with other student organizations and campus entities to really promote civic engagement. Yeah, so tell me about the work that you do in your own words. Some of the work that I do is essentially getting students to be aware of how elections work, why their vote matters, why they should care, and what they can do with their knowledge on elections and civic engagement. So like what elections are coming up, who they can vote for. I don't ever, I have not engaged in partisan civic engagement. I like to focus on nonpartisan organizations and really push students to care about voting, civic engagement, their communities, regardless of what their issues or beliefs are. So I'm often engaging with students who might not even actually share my political views, but I just want to make sure that they're aware of how to express their political views and how to be heard, especially because I think the youth voice is super important, especially here in Wisconsin. So a lot of the work that I do centers around that. And there is also an element of my work that is very DEI focused. I care a lot about making sure that students that are underrepresented and vote at lower rates are turning out and voting. So, um, for example, the work that I do with Chipko Vote. Chipko Vote is a student organization that started here at UW-Madison, and we're slowly starting to spread out into other U- um, U.S. states. All of all the work that we do centers around, like, South Asian civic engagement and getting South Asian students to engage in the voting process, which is huge because Asian Americans are one of the lowest turnout voting groups in the country. So getting young people who are from that specific entity to vote is really wonderful. Um, But the other organizations I work with also do a lot of DEI-focused stuff, like um, making polls more accessible and also like addressing the voter ID issue in the state of Wisconsin and how that makes it harder for students to vote. You seem super passionate about the work that you do. So how did you get involved in civic engagement? I started to get involved in civic engagement a little bit when I was in high school. I've always really wanted to go into politics and government. I just find it to be very fascinating. That's why I'm studying it here. But I originally started in the 2020 election. I got um, a fellowship with a nonprofit to get um, candidates at the state level elected who um, were focused on climate change and clean water and other like environmentalist types of policies. And when I was doing that kind of work, a lot of my time was centered around getting young people involved with the civic engagement process, whether that was by volunteering to canvas or by going out and voting. And that 
is where it basically started. Like as I began to do more of that work throughout high school by joining different student organizations or working with different like larger partner orgs. And at one point I also worked on a campaign and I got people engaged through my camp, like through the campaign that I was working on. I realized that I have like a really, really big passion for this. And after that, I started to get more involved with other parts of civic engagement on campus through student orgs like ChipGoVote and SVU. That's super cool. It seems like there's been a lot of buzz lately in the news about the new legislative maps in Wisconsin. Can you tell me how that relates to the upcoming elections? So what I know personally about legislative maps is that <laughs> it it seems like it's pretty contentious at the moment. I have no idea whether or not we're actually going to see like um, changes in the maps before 2024. And I mean, I think there's been discussion saying that that probably will happen. What those maps will look like, who's going to draw those new maps is all up in the air right now. It's very interesting seeing the developments on this. What I do know is that regardless of how this results, legislative maps and districting makes a really, really big difference in how voices are represented in elections. Um, I know just thinking about like the district that I came from, I came from the Waukesha County District, um, District 13 in Wisconsin. And I the election that I started to get engaged in like during 2020 is when they had first like changed the maps. And so 2022 was when they had those new maps in place. And what my election work looked like in 2020 was very different from what it looked like in 2022 because it was a completely different battle dealing with like a completely new district and how the way the district changed made it so that people who were canvassing and working in that area and turning out voters had a very different experience in doing so because the seat was no longer contentious it was more like the district was designed in a way where one side was kind of inherently more likely to win than the other. And so it felt kind of difficult and a little discouraging at times to do that kind of civic engagement work. But at the same time, it also got a lot of students to care a lot more about that work because we recognize that our legislation and like legislative districting has such a large impact on democratic representation. We started to see a lot more students caring more about local and state elections because those are the representatives who make those decisions. So it's it's really strange. It was quite a unique dichotomy of like how it impacts young people and their interest in civic engagement. Yeah, you touched on the topic of representation and people getting their voices heard. So overall, why does voting matter? And specifically, why does the student vote matter? Voting is huge. Um, I mean, almost all of the major decisions that impact our daily lives are made by our representatives um, on local, state, and national levels. I mean, I think we talk all the time about the importance of the presidency or even sometimes some of the other House and Senate races. But I think state and local elections are huge. They have really large impacts on our day-to-day -day lives. Um, and a lot of my time in working in civic engagement in Wisconsin has been focused on local and state elections and how impactful they are. Like here at UW-Madison, we're always talking about issues like affordable housing and public transportation and the environment. And a lot of those things are actually less affected by who's president and more affected by who our supervisor is, who our mayor is, who our county board people are. And our state representatives have a really large impact on things like health care and how money goes towards policing and education and even how voting and elections themselves work. Those processes are heavily influenced by our state electors. So knowing who we're 
being represented by and being active in that process is a really large part of shaping the society and community that we want to see. And I think young people in particular, we are becoming a larger and larger voting block in this state. This 2024 election is going to be our generation, Gen Z's first major presidential election. We're going to make up 15 to 20 percent of the vote. And in Wisconsin, that is enough to completely decide who's going to be president and like who's going to win um, state assembly seats and who's going to win um, like mayoral seats and things like that. So we should be like very much paying attention to these elections because we do end up kind of deciding who wins and who doesn't. And we have a really large impact on what issues are going to be made aware of and like brought to the forefront of our state's politics. So students who are actively engaged and care a lot about voting in elections, not only are they going to have more of a say in who wins, but they also have more of a say in what issues we're going to be talking about as a state. So when students go and they tell their representatives, like, we want to talk about making tuition in UW more affordable. We want to talk about affordable housing. We want to address climate change. Those issues become a lot more prevalent in the mainstream for all generations when young people talk about them and use their power to bring them to the forefront. Yeah, that's just that statistic of Gen Z making up 15 to 20 percent. That's that's I had no idea. That's so cool. And what would you say to someone who still isn't convinced, who still thinks that their individual vote doesn't matter? I think that you'd be surprised at how much a few votes can matter, especially in a state like Wisconsin. I mean, we are known to be a swing state for a reason. A couple thousand votes can completely shift who wins in an election here. I mean, if you just look back at last year in 2023 with the state Supreme Court election, our campus was instrumental to how that election turned out. Um, And so us turning out can have a really big impact on who wins and who doesn't. And that's one of the reasons why I care a lot about making sure that votes are super, like voting is super accessible. That's one of the reasons why I care a lot about making sure, for instance, like our student organization is pushing for the WISCARD to become a student, like a voter ID, an accessible voter ID, so that students do not have to get a separate voter ID to be able to vote, and out-of-state students can more easily vote in the state of Wisconsin because our voices are so instrumental in deciding who wins local, state, and national elections. Young people have a really large influence influence on how our government and community is going to look. And as time moves on, our generation is going to be the ones running for office someday. And so we should start getting involved in this process. And our voices genuinely do matter because they're going to shape what the future of our community looks like. And I'm sure that everyone listening to some extent does care about what their future community is going to look like. Yeah, you're right. I remember last year when Judge Janet Protosiewicz was elected to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and it made national headlines. And you also touched on how some students have been advocating to have WISCARDs as a valid form of ID. Going along with that, what are some of the biggest barriers to voting for students? There are a lot of barriers. I think, for one, it's really difficult for out-of-state students to vote. For example, the My Vote Wisconsin website is definitely tailored towards in-state students and, like, in-state residents in general. Um, And it can be really difficult for students to vote if they don't have a Wisconsin driver's license or, um, like, their address doesn't match their Wisconsin driver's license. So they will have to register to vote using, like, a paper or mail form. And that can make it really difficult for young students and college students to vote. The voter ID issue is actually quite huge. Um, Having like a voter ID 
And like, this is just my personal opinion from what I know about how voter IDs have impacted turnout historically. Um, UW actually did a study in 2016 showing that there's actually a very large disproportionate impact of the voter ID policy and who is able to um, quickly and like easily access a voter ID and who becomes disenfranchised as a result of not having a voter ID. And so there is a very clear like class and also racial barrier that exists here. And that isn't particularly concerning because it can lead to disproportionate voter disenfranchisement. And that's something that like we obviously wouldn't want when we're trying to determine the best policies for um, how to run elections and like how to run voting. I think another thing, too, that often gets overlooked is polling place accessibility. That's something that we've been talking a lot about as a student organization because there are some campus polling locations that are not fully up to date in terms of their accessibility. And so that's something that we've been wanting to work on as well. And also making sure that materials on election days are accessible for people of different language backgrounds. Like language accessibility is also huge. And some states in the United States are very, very progressive on this front like they have a lot of um, like translators and they have all of their election information in five plus languages whereas here we have English and Spanish but it can be really difficult for um, voters who aren't English speakers to be able to vote on election day because they don't necessarily have like language accessibility for their materials. All of these things are very big picture and not necessarily something that like an individual student org or an individual campus even can work on, but good for students to be aware of as they try and navigate what it means to create a more accessible and equitable democratic process. Yeah, your point about language accessibility is something that I've never really considered, and that's super important. But for students who are able to vote, how can students register to vote? So the registration process seems quite difficult, but it's actually pretty simple. It's There's two process, like two steps to the process of voting. There's registering, and then there's actually like accessing your ballot. And the registration process, all you really need to do is you need to have like a proof of residence, um, which would include like having your lease statement. If you have a driver's license with the address you're trying to vote at, that works. Um, otherwise, you can also use like bank statements. You can use your like electric or utility bills. Um, for UW-Madison students living in the dorms, there is a housing certified housing list that is at early voting and also uh, like day same day of like day of election. Polling locations on campus have that list, and so you can tell them, like, oh, I live in this dorm, here's my name, and they'll find your name on the list, and that will also work. There is also, for UW students, the ability to use your MyUW local address in your profile as a government document that proves your proof of residence. So there are a lot of options that exist on campus, and when students go to register to vote, either tabling with campus entities or with campus partners like League of Women Voters or the city clerk's office, or if they go same-day election like and go and vote at the polling place on election day, because that's something you can do in Wisconsin, by the way. Same-day registration exists in our state. We're one of the few states that has that, and I think that's one of the things that Wisconsin doing really, really, really well, and we should continue to support same-day registration. But, yeah, since we have that, that's also an option that students can have. So as long as they have that proof of residence and then either like their driver's license or social security number, the rest of the process is super simple. It's like a quick one to two minute form. And then there you go. You're registered. The second part of the process for voting is actually accessing the ballot. And that's where you need your voter ID. And that's different. That's proving your identification, not necessarily where you live. So having um, essentially what you need is like 
It has to have an image of you. It has to have your name. And also the UW-Madison voter ID, the one that we provide through the WizCard office, that's not the WizCard, but the other voter ID, has a signature and a two-year expiration date. So that's what the UW-Madison voter ID looks like. But there's other voter IDs too. So like you can use like your passport, for example, as a voter ID. If you live in Wisconsin, you can use your driver's license as a voter ID. The spring primary is on Tuesday. For listeners who maybe aren't familiar with elections, why does this one matter? So the spring primary election is... Um, It's pretty cool. It's not going to affect all of campus. It's mostly just the south side of campus that will be impacted. So a lot of like our southeast storms like Witte, Smith, Og, and then also individuals who are living in like campus village and regent neighborhoods. Those individuals will be impacted by this election. The primary election is mostly for the Dane County Board of Supervisors seat um, for District 13. There's three candidates running. Um, Two of those candidates will move on to the general election based off of how Tuesday's election goes. And so this election is impactful in the sense that we're able to determine which candidates are going to move on to the general and kind of first like begin deciding who we want to fill in that seat. And the Dane, Dane County Board of Supervisors seat is important because they're essentially the legislative body for the county government. And so the county government decides a lot of things and has a lot of impact, especially on funding for things like housing and housing policy and also on things like organized labor and labor policy. Um, we have actually, we did a candidate forum on last Tuesday on the 13th with the three candidates who are up for this primary And that is available on the Campus Area Neighborhood Association YouTube channel. So you guys can look up Canna Madison on YouTube and find that recording and see what the candidates are and who's running and kind of decide who you want to win this primary. But yeah, it is a pretty cool election. Um, Beyond that, the whole campus is going to have an election on April 2nd, which is the spring general election and the presidential primary. So that is going to be where that primary election, those two candidates that win that are going to be decided, like the winner of that seat is going to be decided. And there's also going to be like the part, like the primaries for the Republican and Democrats. um, candidates for the presidential election in November. Yeah, and for students who want to learn more about elections and voting, what are some resources? Some resources that exist at UW-Madison would include vote.wis.edu, which is our campus's main website for voting. Um, The Student Voters Union is a resource. We have an Instagram um, student Voters Union UW. Badgers Vote is a, a resource through the Mortgage Center for Public Service. Um, they provide a lot of really important information and they're a really great like nonpartisan official resource for any information about voting in elections at UW. Otherwise, some other resources I always like to plug, if there are students who want to vote but they don't want to vote in Wisconsin, Vote 411 by the League of Women Voters is a great website that has all 50 states' information and the websites for voter registration for all 50 states. And that's a great place to go if you want to vote but you don't think Wisconsin is the place that you want to vote. Amanjo, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share all the work you do. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad I was able to share this, and I hope everyone goes out and votes. Looking for more from WSUM? Check out our FM signal for dynamic music and talk shows, live sports broadcasts, and daily news coverage. We're proud to bring you alternative programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tune in to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison for something you won't find anywhere else.